Bibles tonight to John chapter number 20. John chapter number 20. We are talking tonight about my favorite book in the Bible. I love the book of John. It's my favorite. I also, there are lots of others that come in second and third or right there. I love the, but the book of John, it is just, I, I love the book of John. It's probably the only bigger book I've preached entirely through in church, and we did that. That took quite a long time to do, and I want to do it again sometime. I could just preach through John. I could read John all the time. It's just one of those books, and I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. We look tonight at the final of the four Gospels. Each one of them shows Christ just a little bit differently for us. We looked, when we looked at Matthew, it showed Jesus as the King of the Jews, and it focused on his fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures for the audience, the Jews, which would have been very familiar with those Old Testament scriptures. Mark was different because Mark didn't focus on Jesus as the King of the Jews. Mark focused on Jesus as a servant. It was much less on his teaching, but more on his actions, less on his thoughts and more on his works and the things that he did. And Luke focused on Jesus as the Son of Man, as we looked at last week. I mentioned before that Matthew underscores what Jesus said. Mark emphasizes what he did. Luke reveals what Jesus felt. And John showcases who Jesus was. We look at John chapter 20, verse 31, tells us why the book of John was written. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. What's the purpose of the book of John? Right here. Read it again. But these are written, that ye might believe and we'll look, up a, look, at, look at verse number 30. And many other things truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. We're going to talk about in a few minutes. The other gospels share a lot more insight to a lot of different things that the book of John doesn't. But that wasn't the purpose of the book of John. The purpose of the book of John is verse 31. But these are written, why John was written, is that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name, that's the whole reason for the book of John. We go to chapter number one, and it's so different from the way the other gospels start. In the book of Matthew, we see it starts out and goes through a line of people. and talks about Jesus being born and his right to the throne. In the book of Mark, we see it just starts with Jesus getting to work. We see the book of Luke, it starts with Elizabeth and Zechariah as they have a baby, John the Baptist, and it talks about all those things, leads up to Jesus' birth, and we see the Son of Man. The book of John sounds like the book of Genesis all over again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Jesus, the Word, the living Word, was with God in the very beginning, and He's always been God. Verse number three, all things. Jesus, He made all things. And without Him was not anything made that was made. 
in him, in Jesus, in the word, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, it's a capital L. He wasn't God, the bright light coming. That's what it says there. But was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You know, that's why the Bible tells us that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. Because everyone knows that there's a God. They might not know his name. They might not know every detail about him. But it has been put in every human being a little bit of light to know that there's a God. That's what it says right there. The light of every man that cometh into the world. Now, not enough light for that person to be saved, but enough light to know there's a God. And we could go to the book of Romans, and I could give you a deep theological lesson tonight, but we won't do that because you all look kind of tired on a Wednesday night, so I don't want to go too deep and too theological for you tonight. But if we were to look at Romans chapter number 1, we see that the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And it also talks about how when you, when, when you have light and you reject that light, you grow darkened. And finally, where that light is gone. Every, and I hear people often, well, what if you live in the middle of nowhere and you never hear the name of Jesus? Would God send you to hell? You read the Bible and you study it about God, I do not believe our God would send anyone to hell without them hearing his name. I do not. I think if you read in the book of Romans and the book of John here, I believe that everyone that comes into this world is given a little bit of light. What you decide to do with the little bit of light you've been given gives you an answer a little bit. You want him, you'll find him. Doesn't matter if there's no TV, no radio, no you want him, you will find him. And it works the other way. You don't want him, going to bug you. We keep on reading, and it says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. I love verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of men, but of God. And verse number 14, it's one of those verses I mentioned on Sunday, John 3, 16. John 1, 14 is one of those verses that we've all heard hundreds of times. Don't ever let a verse that you've heard hundreds of times just be something you overlook. We do that often with songs. We do that with verses in the Bible. The Word, God, became flesh. And he 
dwelt, he tabernacled, he tented here temporarily for 33 years. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And I love this about Jesus, the most balanced man to ever live. He was full of grace and truth. That, that little phrase, as I've studied the book of John, that's my goal. I want to be a balanced Christian. Because there are too many imbalanced Christians, and I haven't found balance yet. I'm trying, okay? But I haven't found it. I've been trying. But a lot of times you have those who are hyper grace, and then there's no law there. Or you got those legalistic folks, and there's no grace. But Jesus was both. That's what we got to strive for, balance. We read this. We see several wonderful things. I want to talk to you about those tonight. The author of the book of John, who's John? John the Beloved. John the Revelator. John the son of Zebedee, the brother of James. John the disciple whom Jesus loved. I think it's pretty neat. John had a special relationship with Jesus. He did. I think it's pretty neat that really when you look at it, the deepest book about who Jesus really was was written by one of those closest to him. And then I always picture, I, when I think of John, I can picture Jesus on the cross, and he said, hey, John, would you take care of my mom? I love that. I love the fact that even as Jesus was dying on the cross, he was concerned about his mom. You know, he didn't tell, he didn't tell John, hey, put her in a rest home when she needs to be or a nursing home. He said, take care of her. From that moment, John did. And John lived his life to serve God. And can you, and I always, I just, I, I try to picture it as John was banished to the island of Patmos for preaching the gospel. They thought they could banish him and no one would ever hear from him again. That was their goal. You send him to an island by himself, he should be done, right? They didn't have any of the technology we have today. He should have been done. Can you imagine when he saw Jesus in Revelation chapter number one? And he was there on the Mount of Transfiguration. So when he saw him, he knew. And think of all the wonderful things that John got to see and be a part of. He had a close relationship with the Lord. By far, I love the book of John. I love the detail it goes into about the Lord. And I don't have time to go through all the details tonight. But it's such an amazing book. If you're a newer Christian, I always tell, and I hear people often say, a newer Christian, just read the Gospels. I always hear that. I always say, start with John. Start with John. See Jesus as the Son of God. Start there. That's always my thing. Go to John. If you want to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, they're all wonderful, and they're all great, and they're a lot easy. All of them are easier to understand than Levit Leviticus. And some people get it wrong. They start reading in Genesis. You get partway through Genesis, and you're doing all right. You get to the beginning of Exodus, and you're like, I'm okay. Middle of Exodus, you're like, oh, boy, Leviticus. Newer Christians, start in the book of John. And I don't even care. Stay in the book of John for a while. It's not going to do you any harm staying in the book of John for a while. We read those verses. And as we look at them, 
I want you to go back with me to chapter number 20 again. I should have read one more verse tonight, but what happens when you, when you talk about one of your favorite things, you get a little excited about it, and then you forget to talk about all that you want to talk about it. And that's how I am about the book of John. But read, go back up to verse 28, and we see that, and we got to put in context what we read a few minutes ago. Verse 28, and Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life through his name. Several people, Origen said this, he said, John is the consummation of the Gospels, as the Gospels are of the Scriptures. A.T. Pearson commented on this book, and he said, it touches the heart of Christ. It corris- if Matthew corresponds to the court of Israel... Mark to the court of the priests, and Luke to the court of the Gentiles. John leads us past the veil into the Holy of Holies. And we see Jesus as the Son of God. The outline is pretty simple. I think you got some lines there. I gave you, did you get that one that I already gave you, the blank, the first blank on there? You probably didn't write that one down because I added that one today when I was going through, when I, when I finished up these notes. And, um, um, yeah, did I already pass? I must have passed that up already. Because I knew, I was like, there's one thing that I didn't, that I put there, like I said, I get carried away. But I said, um, John focuses on Jesus, let's just say his identity. Put his identity. Or you put the Son of God, you can put either way you want to do it, so... The son of his identity. John focuses on his identity. You think about Matthew and Mark emphasize the miracles of Jesus. Luke emphasizes the parables. John doesn't do either. The miracles that John talks about are to prove the deity of Christ, and they're chosen very carefully. Like the feeding of the 5,000 was a sign that Jesus showed them that he was the bread of life. We'll talk more about that as we dive in tonight a little bit further. But we see the beginning, the prologue there, chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. We see from verse 1, chapter 1, verse 19 through chapter 12, verse 20, we see Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus' earthly ministry. Twelve chapters about it. And then number three, we see Jesus' final week in Jerusalem. And uh, this gives the most details of that final week that they had before he died on, as he died on the cross. That's from chapter 12 through chapter number 20. And then you have the epilogue in chapter number 21. And uh, when you think about the book of John... John doesn't include a lot of things about Jesus. There's no genealogy. There's no birth. Why? Because God has never been born. He's always has been and always will be. There's no baptism. His baptism is not mentioned in the book of John. His temptation, 
isn't mentioned in the book of John. Casting out demons isn't mentioned in John. His parables are not mentioned in the book of John. The Mount of Transfiguration isn't mentioned in the book of John. The institution of the Lord's Supper is not mentioned in the book of John. The suffering in Gethsemane and the great detail that you see in the book of Luke, not there in the book of John. Why aren't those things included in the book of John? I've already told you tonight. Because the things that were written were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing he might have life through his name. That's why the book of John was written. Let me give you a few thoughts on that tonight. The book of John, it gives us what we should believe. It gives us what we should believe. What should we believe? That Jesus Christ is God. That Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He is the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by him. The book of John tells us or shows us what we should believe. Number two, it shows us why we should believe. These were written that you believe because of the signs found in the Word of God, these miracles and things that take place. Even those who didn't like Jesus admitted the fact that he must be God. And number three, we see the results of believing. And that believing he might have life through his name, eternal life, abundant life, life. So much I could talk about in the book of John, and so much that for another time we probably will. And several times I've gone through the last week of Jesus' life, and from chapter 12 there through chapter number 20. But I want to give you something that might be a little unique for you tonight from the book of John that you might not have thought of before, or some of you theologians in the room, you already knew this years ago, and that's totally fine as well. But in the book of John, you'll find the number seven a lot. Maybe not the number seven itself, but seven sets of things. The number seven is all throughout the Bible, and it's considered the number of completion or the number of spiritual perfection. Some would even call it God's number. And the number of man is the number six, and we could go through a lot of other things tonight. Starts in Genesis. What day of the week did God rest? The seventh day, after everything was completed. You'll find there were seven years of famine. You're supposed to forgive 70 times seven. You're supposed to go wash seven times in the Jordan River. Jericho, you march six days, but on the seventh day, you do it seven times, and you get the picture of what I'm trying to say. There are seven years of tribulation. The number seven is used a lot. In our world, there are patterns of seven in nature. In music, did you know all music's composed of seven notes? Sun pass, the sun passes through a prism. It produces seven colors. There are seven levels on the periodic table of elements. Any of you science students? Are you guys even paying attention to me in that back row? Or what are you guys doing back there? Uh, are they paying attention to me? Did you hear what I said back there? What did I say, Alfred? Did you hear what I said? 
Better make sure you're paying attention back there. Number seven, smart. Yeah, that's good. You picked up on that. That's good. I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on keeping my eyes on you guys back there. I think, and I'll just I'll give you a little thought, teens. One of the best things to do, and we had a great time at youth group tonight. We finally, I finally got my iPad to work with the computer back there, and we were able to sing. The teens were able to. We they 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 like they sing. A couple of them on the front row, they don't sing on key, and they always throw me off because they're loud when they sing. But they, they sing, and they give God the best that they can, and I, it's wonderful. You, sometimes you just show up and hear the teens sing. I'm trying to talk them into one of these days, and I tried to do it before. We have people that do specials in church all the time. Teenagers should sing. Nope. You should sometime. We need to work on that. We'll work on that. I said there were seven levels to the periodic table, but you guys probably haven't gotten that far in your science yet. So it's kind of interesting that in the book of John, there are several sets of seven. Did you know that there are seven miracles that are given? The changing of water into wine in chapter number two, the healing, uh, healing of the, the official son in Capernaum, the healing of an invalid at the pool of Bethesda, the feeding of 5,000 near the Sea of Galilee, walking on the water on the Sea of Galilee, healing a blind man in Jerusalem, and raising Lazarus from the dead are the seven miracles that take place. Did you know there are seven I am's mentioned in the book of John? I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. He said it seven times. Something that's interesting, too, you go with me to John chapter number 8. Take your Bibles to John chapter number 8. And man, did the religious crowd have a problem with Jesus in John chapter number 8. Verse number 51. Verily, verily, John 8 51. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, two key words, I am what they tried to do, and they, and they took them up stones to cast at them. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Why did they get ready to stone him? Moses tells God, when, when, uh, when I go, who am I supposed to tell them has sent me? And God says, just tell them. I am that I am, that's my name. And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And they 
made, that he put himself on a different level. He put himself on God's level. And he could do it because he is God. And we see all these things here that prove to us that Jesus is God. I don't have time to go through it. It's probably one of the sweetest passages in all the Bible is John chapter 17. And Jesus' prayer before he dies on the cross, his prayer for his disciples. In all honesty, he prays for you and me that night before he died in John chapter 17. Often we say the Lord's prayer is our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's not the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is John 17, his prayer of intercession for us. And John 17, a great passage to read through. But what a powerful book. I want you to go to the last chapter. We got a couple videos that we got to watch here, and then we'll be on our way tonight. But how do the Gospels end? What's the last word of the Gospels? John 21, verse 25, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. There's so much more that could have been written. But God gave us what he wanted us to have. And thank God for that. Thank God for the book of Matthew that shows Jesus Christ as the king of the Jews. Thank God for the book of Mark that shows him as the servant. Thank God for the book of Luke that shows him as the perfect son of man. And thank God for the book of John that shows that Jesus is God and that when we believe in him, we can have everlasting life. Hopefully the videos work right tonight.